that a person can make themselves beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a person's actions can attract the love from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when, when that person's actions are done regularly. Ahabbul A'mali, the most beloved of acts, actions, it can mean act of worship, it can mean righteous action, can mean act of virtue, it can mean act of adab and a good character trait, an act of kindness, an act of charity, an act of khidmah, an act of service to society or the community. All things are included in this word a'mal. A humble a'mal, the most beloved of any of such acts and actions of worship and virtue. In the law, in the regards of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are the ones that a person is most consistent in. But in Allah, even if they are few in number. Here Sayyidina Rasulullah was, number one, speaking from revelation and inspiration. That Allah SWT taught the Prophet on this reality. And this hadith is, uh, let me even in fact take this as an opportunity to make it clear to our listeners, because many people stress on the differences between Qur'an and Hadith. And no doubt, there are differences between Qur'an and Hadith. The most major difference is that the Qur'an is Kalamullah, is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Hadith is the word of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu And that the Qur'an, each and every word of it is preserved. Whereas the Hadith, each and every meaning of the Sunnah is preserved. And there may be different wordings that are used to convey that meaning. So Quran, the words and meanings are preserved. In Hadith, the meanings are preserved, but the words may have slight variation. And there are many such differences, fine differences that the ulama have mentioned between Quran and Hadith. But something that many people may forget is there, notwithstanding those differences, there are certain similarities between Quran and Hadith. And maybe most important similarity is that both the Quran and the Hadith were both the meanings of Quran and the meanings of Hadith were revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala onto the qalb, the spiritual heart of Sayyidina Rasulullah So what does it mean that when we read a Hadith this is not Sayyidina Rasulullah's own view or his own experience no, actually Allah Sponsor revealed that meaning of the hadith unto the heart of the Prophet 
And then Sayyidina Rasulullah was expressing that Allah Ta'ala revealed meaning. The Prophet ﷺ is expressing that meaning in his own words. So in terms of the meaning, the meanings of hadith are as important as the meanings of Qur'an. Why? Because the mean, the source of those meanings is identical. Yani, in other words, the source of those meanings is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it means here now, if you were to use this hadith as an example, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching humanity through the words of the Prophet sallallahu that the most beloved of acts and actions in Allah subhanahu regard are those that are done the most regularly, even if they are few. Now this hadith Sayyidina Rasulullah obviously originally shared with the Sahaba, but I think in this day and age, it is extremely relevant for the quote-unquote modern or contemporary or 21st century seekers on the path and students of the teachings of Islamic purification. Why? Because most of us are reading, leading very imbalanced lives. And many times people ask the question that how can I have balance? And if a person was leading a completely balanced life in terms of their dunya, then it would be easy to try and find and discover and establish balance in our deen. But the problem that we face is we are actually already leading extremely balanced lives as far as our deen. If you just look even at some of the most basic things, which actually our deen has tried to balance and to regulate, we have left them sometimes imbalanced and sometimes altogether unregulated. And those two things are our eating and our sleeping. A balanced sleep, that would mean that a person sleeps the same, roughly, the same amount of hours every night, let's say six hours or seven hours, or even up to eight hours in every 24-hour period. Balanced sleep would mean that a person goes to sleep roughly the same time at night, whether that is 11 or that is midnight. But if you look at our lives, in terms of our sleep, we're extremely imbalanced. Sometimes we stay up till 1, sometimes we stay up till 2, sometimes we go to sleep after Fajr, sometimes we stay up after Fajr, sometimes we are fresh in the day, sometimes we're groggy and drowsy in the day, some nights if we don't sleep properly, sometimes a person then crashes or conks or falls asleep at 9pm, then the next night then they make up for it, they again stay up till 2am. So if we look at one of these most basic things, we are extremely imbalanced. And the Sahaba Ikram radiallahu ta'ala anhumajmain, even though they were extremely busy, they were still balanced. This is the real uh, secret of the Sahaba, of the awliya, of the ulama, siddiqeen, sadiqeen, salihin, that they were busy and balanced. If we were to come up with a catchphrase, right, it would be how to be busy and balanced. Because our lives are such that, okay, if we're busy, we can never manage to be balanced. And this is the big question that everybody has. Now, look, Sayyidina Rasulullah Allah Ta'ala inspired the Prophet with this hadith. That this person being described as what somebody who is busy, but they're busy in a'mal, busy in a'mal al-salih, right? But they're balanced adwam. They're the most consistent, most constant, most regular, 
most balance. Because you can never be consistent, constant, and regular unless you have balance. Again, take the example of sleep. Somebody who is imbalanced cannot say, I regularly get six hours of sleep. They will say, sometimes I sleep four or five hours. Sometimes I sleep eight, nine hours. Sometimes I sleep ten hours. Sometimes I sleep three hours. They're not constant. They're not regular because they're not balanced. Although the word aduam means the translation is most constant and most regular, but it also has an element of balance in it. So Sahabikram and Oliya, they were busy but balanced. This is really a golden sunnah, that if somehow we could try to change the pattern of our life, what we call our very lifestyle, right? And maybe, first, Bukhara will explain in a moment, but how to become busy and balanced. So, the first thing I was mentioning was our sleep. If we are not balanced in our sleep, we won't be balanced in our deed. In other words, balancing deed and dunya requires that we first balance our dunya, then we will be able to balance our deed. And one reason why many genuine seekers on the path, and they sincerely want to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they want to do zikr, they want to do ibadah, they want to do tahajjud, but they're not able to do so, it's not because they don't have the tamra, because they don't have the desire, it's because they don't have the balance. And because they don't have the balance, they end up left behind, they end up failing. The first thing done tonight is to balance our sleep. Balance again through consistency. So we should try to make a more consistent pattern in our sleep. Try to sleep the same time, plus or minus one hour. So I would say for those who are a bit more active, a bit more dynamic, six to seven hours. And for those who maybe are not so dynamic, uh, seven to eight hours, but there should be a more consistent amount that we sleep. And second, there should be a more consistent time as to when we sleep. So let's say between 11 p.m. and midnight. That seems to be a reasonable balance time. It cannot be that some nights we sleep at 10, some nights we sleep at 2 a.m. We will never be balanced. So the first thing is our sleep. Second thing, if you want to look at, is our eating. Another very fundamental thing. So Sahabakram is going back to sleep, but the Sahabakram were very balanced in their sleeping. And partly because they were more in touch with nature, so Nabiya Karim Sassam has mentioned in Hadith, and then also in the Sahih Bukhari, that after the time of Isha, unless a person is engaged in the Dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, study of deen, da'wah of deen, establishment of deen, revival of deen, other than things to pertain to deen, or things that the deen teaches us to do, if a person is not doing that, they should go to sleep. What does that mean? So that means dunya. That means in terms of earning. That means in terms of pursuing this material world, a person shouldn't do that at night. Now, Yes, many times people raise the question that, okay, well, I'm living in some part of the world. Let's say some people in England in winter time, it shows at 6 p.m. So no, what a person can do is they can approximate. And those who have visited Makkah, Makkah, and Dinamanawar at different times of the year, Allah SWT did 
grace those places with a fairly consistent um, time schedule throughout the year. I mean, in other words, the time for Maghrib does not vary throughout the year in Makkah, Makkah, and Madinah as much as it varies in England and maybe indeed, uh, not, I don't know for sure, but maybe as well as for our listeners in South Africa. So a person can roughly estimate, but let's say, for example, the latest Isha gets in Makkah, Makkah, Madinah, Madinah, I don't know, but I think it's something around 9 p.m. So let's say by the time a person plays Isha comes home, so a person can set a limit of 10 p.m. So we should cap at 10 p.m. after 10 p.m. Either if I stay up additionally until 11 or 12, it's for the sake of being, or I'll go to sleep. And that's what the Samba will like. Once they pray Isha with Sayyidina Rasulullah, then maybe they would sit with the apostles for some time, and then when they would go home, they would basically retire for the night. Because this was a consistent thing, even though they were extremely busy, even when they were doing so much work of being, even when they were establishing the Islamic society in the Menorah, even the night before they were preparing for a uh, battle to defend the deen of Islam, all those cases you find that by 10, 11 p.m. they were sleeping. Why? Because by 3, 4 a.m. they were awake. And again, you can see Allah Ta'ala blessed that place at the time of Fajr doesn't vary so much. But again, if we live in different parts of the world, we can still take that as a benchmark and then a person gets up, let's say, you know, 4 or 5 a.m. So after 10 p.m., we should stop all activity other than something related to Deen. And even if we're doing something related to Deen, that should stop by 11 or 12. And then we should wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. And this would be how to be regular in sleep. Yes, certainly. In the day and age we live in, some of our mashayikh and ulama, we have observed that there's a saying in Urdu, they say that, it means that there's no division between night and day uh, for them. That they're working 24 hours. They're up till 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Sometimes they're literally, literally up all night until Fajr. And then they may just go to sleep and after Fajr. Sometimes they're up from 4 a.m. all day, and then you go to sleep immediately after a shot at 9 p.m., right? This is a very rare situation. And this you do find in the lives of Sahabikam and Tabin and Tabay Tabin, certain of them, certain of the Salah, after the time of the Prophet right? Especially those who were involved in the establishment of Deen. But other than those particular people, we should try, uh, the rest of us, to try to be more balanced in our sleep. The second thing is our eating. If you look at our eating, we're very imbalanced, right? In fact, I remember in American English they have this thing called having a balanced diet and having three balanced meals a day. We will find that sometimes, on some days we eat three times, some days we eat twice, some days we eat a lot, some days we eat a little, some days we eat very heavy, oily, spicy foods. Other days we eat very bland foods. There's extreme fluctuation. And that has an impact on our physical body. That takes a toll. The physical body keeps getting different doses, uh, different inputs, and it keeps having to adjust. It doesn't, it's not able to achieve a sukoon, uh, attain a state of sukoon or itmanan or a state of tranquility or equilibrium, right? 
I think maybe that's a very good English word because the English word equilibrium is exactly showing that that concept, that balance and sukun come together. Equilibrium means you're in a state of equilibrium. Why? You're in a state of tranquility because you have balance. And we don't give our body that type of food. But again, if you look at the Sabiq Ram, especially in the lifetime of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam and the Prophet himself, right? The eating was relatively balanced. Two meals a day, other than dates and some other small things, no snacks, no heavy, fatty, oily, greasy, spicy foods, um, balanced. And although people may be shocked and think that it, we're talking about something extremely simple tonight, but the reality is, is that if we can balance our sleep and balance, balance our sleeping and balance our eating, these two things would also, they could also, if we do it for the sake of deen, what we call libbeen, if we balance our sleeping and eating for the sake of deen, they could also fall under this category, ahabbul a'mali indallahi Allah. That the most beloved sleeping in the eyes of Allah subhanahu is that sleeping that has balance, equilibrium, and constancy. The most beloved eating in Allah subhanahu regard is that eating that has balance, equilibrium, consistency, constancy. So when we become, and the third thing we wanted to mention for tonight in this sense, the first is sleeping, second is eating, the third is time. That is our schedule balanced? Is our use of time balanced? And again, uh, we will find that the different activities that we do, that we are extremely imbalanced. We are extremely imbalanced. In our time. What does that mean? So for example, let's say somebody is a student. So the time they give to their studies, extremely imbalanced. One day they won't study at all. The next day they'll study two hours. Then again they won't study at all. The next day they'll study six hours. And then for two, three days again they won't study at all. And then they'll study for one hour. And then they'll study for four hours. And then zero hours. And then three hours. If we were to keep a log, so to speak, for one or two weeks, then we would see uh, that Whatever whatever a person is doing, if they're a student, they will see that they're not balanced in that time. If they're a student of zikr, if they look at the amount of zikr that they do, it's imbalanced. Someday they do it for one hour, then a few days they don't do it at all, and some days they do it for 20 minutes, then again not for all, then one hour, then two hours, then ten minutes, then two hours, then five minutes. Imbalanced. Imbalanced. So we are imbalanced in our time, our use of time, our management of time, we're imbalanced in our sleeping, imbalanced in our eating. All of this, what does this do? What's the effect on us? We become imbalanced on our being. What does it mean? We're imbalanced, we don't have equilibrium in our taqwa, in our ibadah, in our amal on sunnah, in our sabr, in our adab and akhlaq. We don't have it. So what does it mean? The exact same thing we said about sleeping in taqwa. One day we'll be in the marketplace and we'll be able to lower our gaze. The next day, we won't be able to lower our gaze. Then again for five days, we'll lower our gaze. Then again for one day, we'll slip. We're imbalanced in our taqwa. We, we'll lie, or we won't lie for a few days. And all of a sudden, one day, we'll say ten lies. And then again for ten days, we won't lie. Then again a day will come when we say five lies. Then the next day, two lies. Then again a few days, no lies. We're imbalanced in our taqwa. We're very imbalanced in our taqwa. 
for imbalance in our ibadah. For 10 days, a person will pray Fajr. Then for 3 days, they'll miss it. Then for another 5 days, they'll pray it. Imbalance in our ibadah. They will feel something in their prayer one night at Isha. But then for the next 10 days, they'll feel nothing in all 5 prayers. Then all of a sudden, they'll feel something in 2 prayers, Fajr and Dohan. And then again, they'll stop feeling things in prayers. Imbalanced in our ibadah. Some, one day they'll make du'a after they pray salah. But then again, then t- the next 12 salahs, they won't be able to make any du'a. Then again, all of a sudden, they'll make a long du'a. Imbalanced in our ibadah. Sometimes they will recite the retrieve, sometimes not. Sometimes recite istighfar, sometimes not. Sometimes read Quran, sometimes not. All of a sudden go on a surge and read one, two, three juz, bottles of Quran, and then for one, two, three days and read nothing. Imbalanced. This imbalance in our sleeping, eating, our time, our dunya, causes us to become imbalanced in our deen. So what does it mean that those days that we do, we do read the Quran and we do make the dhikr, but it wasn't adwan, so it wasn't beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because it wasn't done constantly, consistently, in a state of equilibrium. So we end up doing atmal, but we end up becoming mahrum of a humble atmal. We do acts of worship and acts of piety and acts of virtue, but we're not able to do those that are most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because this consistency, mudawama, is elusive and it keeps escaping us. We're not able to do it. Sometimes uh, a person is imbalanced in their suburb. So days will go by and they won't get angry. And all of a sudden they have a quote-unquote bad day. And they're getting angry at anyone and everyone. Imbalanced. Or they have a relationship, let's say even on the basis of deen. And for four or five days, they have a good working relationship with the person. And on day number six, all of a sudden there's a flashpoint, there's a conflict. Then again, the five, ten, fifteen days go fine. Then again, they have a conflict. And again, twenty, thirty, forty days go fine. Then they hug and make up. But then again, ten days go by. And then again, they have a conflict. Imbalanced. Imbalanced in our relationships and interactions with other people. Then sometimes a person is also uh, imbalanced in their sunnah. So one day all of a sudden they make sure they read the dua before eating and while they eat they make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and after they eat they make the dua after eating and then the next five meals they do none of the above and then on the sixth next meal all of a sudden they do it again. Then after that, 10, 15 meals go by, they do none of that. Neither du'a before, or nor zikr doing, nor zikr after. Then again, all of a sudden, they have a meal, they do two or three, two or all of the three. Imbalance. They keep moving back and forth amongst the non-sunnah. They get in their phase of miswak. So they're carrying miswak and using miswak. Then next thing you know, they forget their miswak. And then for one week, two weeks, they don't use miswak. Imbalance. So whether it's taqwa, whether it's ibadah, whether it's zikr, whether it's sunnah, whether it's our adab, our akhlaq, our relationships, our interactions, balance. Sometimes if they're, let's say, working, or they have their own business, or whatever profession they're in, so sometimes they do that. 
uh, their job and their earning according to Sharia, and then uh, in doubt, sometimes they violate Sharia, they slip, genuine fraction, they may spend 10-15 days uh, protecting themselves from unlawful infraction of the opposite gender, and then all of a sudden for one day, they engage in some level of unlawful interaction, and then again for four or five days, they stay within the bounds, and again for one day, they go outside the bounds, again, in bounds. So it means that for all of those things that we were doing, even when we do amal, we're not able to do the most beloved amal to Allah SWT, because we don't have that balance, equilibrium, consistency, consistency. We have surges, we have phases. Now, the reality is that in this day and age, now after all of, all of that has been said, the reality is that in this day and age, because our, the level of iman across the ummah is so weak, that even somebody who has surges and phases, even that is a rare thing. Even as we would say, even that is a netma, a blessing to be grateful for. At least having some surges is better than having nothing at all, right? But it doesn't mean that we should ever give up the intention of most beloved acts and actions in the regard of Allah or those that a person does the most regularly, more regularly than others, even if they are just few in number. And what I had mentioned earlier on, to be busy and balanced. And the, the trick in this is that some people, in fact, I think most of us would have found this about ourselves, that if we're not busy, we won't be balanced. This is another ailment and disease that people have today, is that they, we're not able to manage our free time. Our free time uh, hurts us. The more and more free that a person is, the less balanced they are. And for many of us, the more busy we are, the more balanced we are. So being busy and balanced is not actually a challenge that how can I become balanced while being busy. In fact, it's not a challenge, it's a necessity. The only way I can become more balanced is by making myself more busy. And if we're specifically talking about Dean, the only way I can become more balanced on Dean is by making myself more busy on Dean. More and more and more busy on Dean. So I should be doing Vicar, I should be doing Ilm, I should be doing Khidmat, I should be doing some service to the Dean, to the Ummah, to the community, to the society. And I have to increase my engagement in all of these three things, Ilm and Vicar and Khidmat. And then as I get more and more busy, I'll automatically find myself to be more and more balanced. More and more busy, more and more balanced. And the less busy we are, the less balanced we are. Then a person may start sleeping 10, 12, 14 hours a day. A person may spend hours and hours surfing on the internet. A person then loses. That loses the value of time. Loses their sense of time. But a person who is busy, they are acutely aware. They have an acute awareness of time. They're extremely sensitized to time because they're so busy. Because they're so busy. So we need to become Muslims who are more balanced. We need to become Muslims who are more balanced in our dunya, in our sleeping and eating and in our time management. 
and we need to become more balanced in our deen, in our taqwa, our ibadah, our sunnah, our zikr, our khidmah, our adab, akhlaq, etc. And we also need to become more busy. More busy for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we can start this one step at a time, even with just a few things in our life, if we can get that balance and equilibrium and that regularity and constancy, then we would get some mahbubiyyah, we would get some belovedness from Allah SWT, and that is the real secret golden nugget, is that the word in the hadith, ahabbu, humble a'mal, the most beloved, the more beloved, the most beloved of acts. So once a person does a few acts, and this is the barakah of the ma'malat of the mashayikh, that once a person does a few nafl ibadat, but does them regularly, then they get the mahbubiyyah, they get the belovedness of Allah SWT. When they get that belovedness of Allah SWT, yani Allah SWT is loving them, then that mahbubiyyah, that love that Allah SWT feels for them, that brings that balance and equilibrium into all of the rest of the part of their life. Even though they were doing it in Kalla, even if just in a few areas, just in four mamunat, four, uh, in, in, for example, narsusma, four types of dhikr, then Allah SWT brings them to a level of mahbubiyyah, a level of belovedness, by means and there's barakah and balance and ikminan and sukoon, such that they get them surur and falah and fold and happiness and felicity and joy and success in this world and happiness, felicity, joy and success in the akhirah. So our heartfelt dua is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make each and every one of us balanced in our dunya for the sake of deen and balanced in our deen and that we have equilibrium in our life, and equilibrium in everything that we do on deen, and may Allah SWT guide each and every one of us to those few things, that if we can put enough effort into them, and beg to Allah SWT to put enough barakah in them, that they become adwam, that they become most regular and consistent, then we can also get some level of mahubiyya, ahabiyya, belovedness from Allah SWT, ma'akhirun Alhamdulillahi <laughs> unbalanced lives. Ya Allah, we have done lives that have been empty of meaning and feeling. Ya Allah, we are turning to you on this night. Ya Allah, we ask that you put the feeling back into our heart, the meaning back into our lives, the sense and purpose back into our life. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept us lives that are for your sake and for your name, lives that are busy for you, lives that are blessed by you. Lives that have been given sukun itmanan by you, and of the kanimi asked to guide us to those few golden a'mal and make us regular in them and firm upon them and steadfast on them and to the barakah of those a'mal. Ya Allah, we ask that you make us first and foremost firm and steadfast on our taqwa, steadfast and consistent on our ibadah. 
firm and upright on the sunnah. We ask that you make us embodiments of akhlaq and adab. Ya Allah, we ask that you make us firm in our tazkiyah and our salah. Ya Allah, we ask that you bring balance back into our dunya, make balance in our sleep, balance in our eating, balance in our time. Ya Allah, we wish to pledge our entire lives and selves to you. Ya Allah, we ask that you accept this pledge from us on this night. We ask that you accept our thoma on this night. We ask that you guide us to that lifestyle that is pleasing to you. We ask that you save us from the fitness of the age and the time we live in. Save us from the pitfalls and the societies and environments we find ourselves in. Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, we ask that you protect and safeguard and nurture our iman. Do hifazat of our iman. Ya Rabbi Kareem. We ask that you accept our laws on this night. Those of all of our listeners, wherever and whenever they may listen, Allah, we ask that you accept sincere heartfelt du'as and grant us every bounty and blessing of the akhirah and every halal bounty and blessing of this world. Thank you.